Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We stay the course! We are dead! We are all dead! We're supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole thing is insane! 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men with power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane! Man is even capable of nothing but destruction! Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert. Of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, especially when we're done with Maimon masturbation and done being the hero of thousand facials. When we write our own gospel and live our own myth. Welcome to the audio version of Aeon Byte Live, episode 30. Raw, uncensored, and unfiltered, just like the truth you've been looking for across all your existences. Supercharged by stellar audience participation. This was a tribute to Tracy Twyman. We honor a remarkable individual, a singular voice in the esoterica. Tracy's ideas, vision, and spirit are more important than ever. Sean Alger, James Maiden, 
and Nate Miller joined us. Don't know what else I can say. And I have spoken about Tracy's impact and life in past shows. So I'll let this show do the talking. And please check out the show notes for a GoFundMe link where you can support getting Tracy a headstone, if you so wish. As in the past and with tribute shows, I'll provide the full episode for all audiences. For AB Prime members and patrons at Patreon, and as a bonus, you'll get my past interview with Tracy Twyman, where she talks about her book with Alex Rivera, Baphomet. You'll get a bigly taste of Tracy's genius gnosis. As I mentioned in our tribute, coming in a few days, Beth Martins arrives to the virtual Alexandria to share how to work with archetypes to find higher purpose and meaning and defeat so much fear and uncertainty around us in these batshit crazy and bat meat days. Thanks for those who continually support. I can't do it without you. Please continue to help me grow this red pill cafeteria. We need Gnosis more than ever, and we've only just begun reaching those who need to wake up. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom, or guests and their unique insights, anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. But enough of my short drivel. Let us to our tribute show for Tracy Twyman. Again, everyone gets the full dope, and AB Prime members and patrons get the bonus on Tracy talking about Baphomet, Knights Templar, Freemasons, and so much holy heresy. We are live indeed. I just saw Vance jump in. So, as I always say, happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. This is AB Live, episode 30, and an extremely special show uh, beyond the fact that we are all under house arrest in a time where all of rights have been suspended. Oh, never mind. I don't want to go on a tangent. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Or as uh, Melisandre told uh, uh, Arya Stark in episode eight, uh, here we are at the end of the world. And it is the end of the world, at the end of a world. So now right. we have to choose what kind of world is going to happen after this world ends. I believe so, and it's our choice. And uh, today we will talking about really... As the inform oh, of course, the cat has you know, <laughs> cat has to ruin my speech. Look at this. <laughs> That's what they do. Look, my okay. pogs are locked outside that door. <laughs> <laughs> my dog's over here. Anyways, that was a wonderful speech. I was really getting inspired. But yes, we will. We, this is an honor to Tracy Twyman, and I believe her ideas really are more important than ever, and could really fuel again what kind of world 
we're going to have at the end of this shit show, at the end of this psyop, at the end of this disease. No matter which way you, you slice it, there's a lot going on in the spiritual world and the material world. So you have come to the right place if you're looking for, I don't know about answers, but certainly the right questions. So, but it, so and it is truly an honor to have uh, great individuals, good people here on this show. Welcome, everybody, you in the chat. Uh, so happy to see you, as always, on AMBite Live. And my cat still. So first, we've got Sean Alger. Thank you very much for coming on. Truly appreciate it, Sean. Really appreciate you uh, quickly saying yes to this prospective idea. I was, uh, I kind of, we, us, us uh, philosophical types tend to overthink, so I was probably overthinking even asking you for months and um, I was really relieved when you said yes, and it just felt like the right thing. And um, I'm I'm really stoked to just uh, find it kind of. I've been I've been overthinking that too, you know, like <laughs> being ready, being prepared. But I didn't do much. We're just gonna go with it and talk about our lost friend, who's moved on from this world ahead of us, Tracy Twyman. So. No, oh, thank you. Yes, yes, they are. I believe in my heart that uh, there is no such thing as death, as the Gospel of Thomas says. When you, when you know the the living Father, you shall not taste death. It's just an illusion, like most of the shit outside today. So it's up to uh, uh, it's up to us to learn how to pierce through it in one way or another. And as long as uh, we don't, we remember individuals. They don't die. They're always there with us in some way, some higher way that uh, far superior than this uh, meat sack that we all are in. So, and also with us, truly appreciate it, uh, Mr. Jim Maiden. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you very much for coming on. Truly appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Pleasures all ours. And last but not least, we've got the occult fan, Mr. Nate Miller. How are you, my friend? Hey, Miguel. I am very gratified to be here this evening. Um, Sean and Jim, it's great to see you. Miguel, hello. And um, everyone in the chat, I kind of see you. But um, I'll just start off with the most relevant fact to me. Um, Tracy's born on the same day as my mom. So I have always felt like this, you know, and uh, yeah, let's keep it on celebration because it's easy to, it's easy to overthink into certain directions. And I'm pretty sure right now she'd want us to not be acting a foo. <laughs> well, it is uh, April Fool's Day and uh, the joke uh, is kind of on us as humans are in this Western culture at the moment. So, And I should mention too, I've only told uh, Nate this, but uh, April 1st is my sobriety date. So I now have eight years. Yeah, During the Mayan apocalypse around that time, I sobered up after uh, going out on, uh, on an Adderall Ritalin binge for about four months kind of cut off with me but I, I, I caught myself and now I've been eight years and uh, and for all of you there these are tough times please don't uh, don't lean on these things this is not a time to escape it's a time for escapism in other words drawing within yourself your soul your imagination to get through these hard times because I know uh, in the next few months, and so it's going to be a lot of people are going to be in pain one way or another, spiritual, financial, psychological, and uh, there's going to be a lot of deaths as there are a lot of deaths today. So please uh, stay sober, stay in recovery. Don't uh, 
don't damage yourself because uh, the powers that be have already cr- done as much damage as they could. And at the end of the day, like when I slipped, it's 100% my fault. I can blame the Archons. I can blame society. I can blame my mom and my dad. But it's all up to us as always. So with that said, uh, again, this is AB Live. Uh, the show will be out uh, an audio in a couple of days on iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, all the podcast providers, but, um, and of course it will be available for YouTube as soon as this interview is over. If you have questions, Nate will be the gatekeeper. He will be this, he will take care of questions. So please either write them in caps or put a lot of question marks or Nate will tell you in, uh, how he wants it. And, and we're very happy because the Moondog Vance is in the chat room. He's uh, enjoying down there with the peoples, and he'll help out too. So, um, well, first of all, why don't we, t- Sean, tell us about Tracy and tell us what you've got uh, tonight and here at the end of the world. Well, um, you know, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been thinking about it a lot, and I made a few little notes, just bullets, and uh, I kind of gave up on being too extensive with it. But, you know, Jim uh, pointed out to me before we ever had picture show, our own little show um, that Tracy joined us in. Before we did that, Jim had pointed out to me something about myself I didn't know, which is that uh, I'm a I'm an avid correspondent, apparently, you know, and I'm sure. Well, I guess Miguel knows because, you know, you get strange emails from me or messages from me on Facebook. And, um, you know, when Jim pointed it out, too. I, I got a song one nipples for men. It was awesome. Yeah. 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 I, was, I told Jim how embarrassed I was when I finally heard the update on paganism broadcast. He said, take it away, Sean. And my face just turned bright red. You know, So that's, that's proof in the pudding that it was the right thing, you know, cause if, uh, it's not easy to embarrass me. So if I've, if you help me embarrass myself, thank you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, um, you know, I have the habit of hitting people up if I love their work and maybe even being over exuberant or, you know, you know, hopefully not creepy or weird. But uh, Tracy was receptive to that and uh, and she would uh, accept my messages on Facebook and emails and she would bounce back information um, uh, to me sometimes. You know, I always I was all, I'm always tentative to message people that I know are keeping themselves in the limelight too much because it's i mean now that i've done it some myself creating content sure makes you a target for a lot of uh messages and not all of them are cogent coherent or useful you know (laughs) so um the i just went back today and looked and found something um i've kind of i've had a fascinatingly strange day i woke up uh, from a terrible dream uh, before six o'clock in the morning where i was dreaming that I was defending some strange man from trying to murder my girlfriend because he was frustrated that he was uh, not able to have a three-way with a prostitute and another man that he was having an argument with, like this really insane, intense dream, you know, where I had to like literally attack this guy with a knife. And I woke up and I came upstairs and I started looking at my oldest emails and I actually signed up for the Baphomet Mystery Club with Tracy and Alex Rivera um, on April 1st in 2016. So I thought, that's just crazy, you know. So that was, you know, in the process of uh, sending Tracy messages and stuff, um, I'd had a, another gentleman who also tragically passed away invited me to to talk on a, a broadcast, and his name was Jesse Waugh. And Jesse Waugh has one of the very best Baphomet interviews on the Internet from Tracy because he goes through the chapter headings 
and ask specific questions. And it's one, you know, I've gone back and listened to that two or three times. And um, after that, Tracy actually contacted me and said, uh, you know, it was after she'd first pulled all of her stuff down and she was being harassed and digitally attacked. And um, when she decided to say, screw it and put everything back up, um, she asked if she, if she could interview me. And I went back and listened to that interview today. And um, it's kind of hard to find. Um, I can drop you the link after the show or something of what I found. But um, Yeah, please do. So th- I would say that was really the beginning of, of uh, our more than like arm's length correspondence. You know, I was really flattered and shocked that she would want to talk to me. But I, I just don't think of myself as being knowledgeable or an expert. But I do, I guess I've been doing this this for a long time. So I, I know a lot about the tactics that they use, like this whole virus thing. I keep trying to explain it to people without offending them or hurting their feelings, which is almost impossible, of course. But, you know, I see it very differently than the rest of the world. I feel like I'm among peers. It's a rare moment right now to be among peers. And usually we're in this world like where we're all alone. I call it sitting with the gnosis. I would say your show helped me to come up with that term, you know, that you're just you're alone, all alone, even if you're in a crowded room sometimes because you see things so differently. But over the the time um, of watching, you know, Tracy tried to put her stuff back up again. And Jim and I were both, uh, we had started our show on um, the week after April 1st, two years ago. I'd gone and debated Flat Earth on an internet show. And the week later, we really felt like we had the bug, you know, to come to come back and do more live stuff. And um, so uh, we were watching Tracy, uh, really we were watching her try to still thrive and get back on the internet, but still suffer with a lot of confusion. And you could tell by her posts that there was a lot of uh, targeted individual type stuff. You know, she's being harassed. She described it like a digital prison that they had her in on and off. And so Jim and I started to send her videos, like trying to confirm to her that we were real people. And uh, um, thankfully she was able to, to take that in kind. And um, eventually I guess she, we, we had her on our, our show um the, the very first episode, if you go watch it, it's, uh, it's hellacious because we're trying to get her on and the, the, the tech issues won't resolve, you know. We can't get it. And she's texting me that she's ready to give up, you know. And so I called her on the telephone and just held my telephone to the mic so that we could talk that way. And um, after that, I think she went and looked at more of our shows and she told us that she fell in love with the memes and we had like a show about how to improve your overall, uh, like, you know, how to get more likes and how to get more reach. And so she's like, well, can I just come on your guys' show all the time? And Jim and I were just dumbfounded. I mean, we were like, yeah, of course. But I mean, for at least the first five or six episodes, it was just like, it was like being in inside the yellow submarine or something completely surreal. And of course, our likes and our views and our viewership blows up and, you know, because all the shows before that, we were just completely winging it, literally playing with yo-yos and juggling and like uh, just randomly choosing a topic. Like we had a show where we talked about uh, the strange symbolism in Denny's commercials and all this random stuff. And so it really gelled our show and and uh, our audience swelled. And um, I, I just I, I, there's a part of me that's still in that surreal shock even that she came and joined us, let alone that all this other um, strangeness continued. And then, you know, the tragic news eventually came that she had passed away. Uh, we, we were dumbfounded, but 
I don't know. I feel like I should let Jim say something too, because I'm sure he has his own quips and tidbits of how, you know, how strange it was to court, to court Tracy Tryman successfully. You know, what, what do you got to say, Jim? Oh yeah. Well, it was just, it's just pretty crazy. Uh, when she said that she was going to be on our show for the foreseeable future, I was pretty stoked. Um, I, th- I think uh, I had made some, I was experimenting with meme magic and I made a meme because we, we only had like maybe what, 40 views, 50 views to our show before she started. Yeah. Really low view counts, you know, really low view count. And I made a, a meme that was like 1000 views and it had a Pepe the frog on it. And then I kind of, swirled it all up so that you couldn't even tell what it was and about a week later she joined our show and our views bumped almost up to a thousand you know i was like wow this meme magic really works it's, this is crazy <laughs> yeah that's that's a good that's a good book nate that it that that <laughs> I think we did we did a show on that too, didn't we, Jim? About the, all the sevens with Trump and the Pepe meme magic coming off oh, of the yeah. can boards and all that stuff, and um, you know all that. That's that's something that I think everyone, uh, if they if they've never gone to try and root out Tracy's old memes and find authentic, you know, that's a good challenge for all of us is to find authentic memes made by Tracy herself. Like there's one I would say predicted that what we're going through right now is like this really sarcastic meme and it's got like a, some kind of like a little a marmot. I don't remember if it was a, it's some kind of a, like a creature that lives in the rocks, you know, with a, it looks like a, a beaver with no tail. I can't think of the word, but um, it's got this sarcastic text like, well, you know, I don't, it says something like, I don't... Um, what I don't want to hear is what you would do if you were in my situation. You know, she put the text in there like that. And then there's a little asterisk and in parentheses at the bottom, it says this marmot has bubonic plague. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so it was really funny and odd, very Tracy, you know, Tracy's my favorite thing about Tracy Twyman and what kept drawing me to her was that she would present the most um, dark like horrific information anywhere in the world and do it somehow with a deadpan smile and a laugh and like some kind of a sarcastic quip and a joke that changed it from like making you want to hide under your pillow into something almost laughable and palatable. And uh, I felt like we carried that on into our show, but yeah, if, if you've got Tracy memes, send them up folks. We want, we want, we need to make an archive just of every meme we can find that we know came from her hand. I'll say this please to your do. point, SB. Oh, Miguel, is it all right? Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, I'll say this to your point. Uh, you know, when you say you're amongst peers, you're absolutely, I resonate with that. That's absolutely uh, true. And uh, not only that, just um, the, one of the first times that I had a really big divine feedback moment, especially with Miguel, was when Tracy was here and I had the Ledbetter postcard, which is still over there. You <laughs> said a very specific date today. So this is my point. We're totally meant to be here right now. I opened up an email randomly this morning from April 1st, 2016. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and uh, furthermore, the, Tracy, the card that you referenced, uh, the yellow, I'm sorry, the yellow submarine that you referenced is, of course, an, an analog for my show, The Six of Swords, per the Tholth deck, as she showed. Yeah. So this yeah, is I remember a- that episode, because it was you, it was you two guys, and... Uh, there Alex was- Rivera. 
Yeah, Alex Rivera. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you had the, you also had the, the darn Mickey Mouse gloves. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was awesome. I just thought I hear that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, speaking of uh, April first, it's also uh, in her uh, her last book, Genuflect. April first is April's Fool's Day, and it's a main point of the book. It's uh, where the April Fool was selected, mm-hmm. and I don't know if, if people haven't read it, they should read it. It's sort of a sex magic ritual that brings about a, a new sun, but it's, it all happens on April 1st is when it starts out. Kind of crazy. Yeah. And it's... Uh... So, Miguel, you, you probably... Uh were ahead of all of us in being in direct contact with Tracy. So could you, how, how was it that you first met her or came to find out about her work? I mean, do you remember uh, the first time? Yeah, I think it was what 2014, 15. Uh, I'd known Alex Rivera for many years for uh, hanging out in Gnostic forums and talking to him. And he told me he was uh, doing a book on Baphomet uh, with Tracy Twyman. And uh, she, uh, we, he introduced us and then I did with a show with her. And of course the book was love the book. I love Alex's work and Tracy's work on it was just outstanding probably because I mean, from the get go, I saw somebody who had a vision to go to places with others did not see. It's like she could see things that nobody else could see and her mind, the way her mind moved, it was, I mean, it's like I could, I fell in love with her mind. It's like, you see the movie Donnie Darko where they have those, those things connecting those ways. That's how her mind moved. You could see the thoughts moving and she could correct herself in real time. She could come up with a new argument, a new time. I mean, it was just like, it was, it was elegant. It was beautiful. And it's, it's rare to meet a human being like that. It's so rare that has such a vision, not, not even a vision, but also the uh, lack of better world, words, the balls to go down to these dark places or with other people to see and just be uncompromising. So it was, uh, after I interviewed her, I, I talked to her. We we talked for years. She came on the show again, uh, and I just kept up with her work. I watch you guys at the podcast wherever she was. So it was uh, it was an incredible. I mean, it's such a huge voice, a void. It was a huge voice, but now there's a huge void. It's uh, it's incredible, and of course. I mean, uh, what I like about individuals like her or any individuals, I didn't have to agree with them 100%. In fact, I think I'm finally at a place of wisdom because the truth is I don't agree with anybody more than 50%, and I love it because I finally realize I'm more of an individual again, but you still can enjoy their thoughts, their thought process, the the way they go and the insights they bring to the table. and. With Tracy, it was it was just it was go yeah insights galore, gnosis galore, and uh, you could see obviously from her life before I had met her, she she was going through an evolution, and you could really admire this evolution an individual goes through. She wasn't uh, again, she wasn't part of any sort of a traditional movement or group or anything like that. It was uh, it was a, she was a unique individual. Yes, for sure. Uh, you guys don't mind. I'm going to ask. Vance has alerted me to Terry Eldridge, who wants to know. This is a really great question to get. Uh, he wants to know which of her publications uh, that we would recommend. I guess maybe we could each just say one or two that we each like or something. I'll go last. 
Janie Fleck's a great book. I lo- I really like that one. Yeah, that's uh, her only fiction book. Yeah. Um, so, you got another one, Jim? I well, I also really like uh, clock shavings. It's, yeah. I, uh, it's pretty good, and it's not it's it's not as thick as uh, the Baphomet book. I mean, the Baphomet book, I kind of get sort of the brain fog when I when I read it for too long. And uh, yeah, but those are two of my favorites. So uh, I don't know if you guys can see that. It's kind of bright sunshine. Money grows on the tree of knowledge. Um, I'd say this is there's a, a lot of people that um, maybe came uh, haven't dove as deep on Tracy as others have might not know how deeply invested she was in understanding the financial systems. Um, and uh, this book, Money Grows on the Tree of Knowledge, really kind of makes a, a beautiful what I'd call dovetail joint of um, the ancient goddess temples and somehow collating that to our our fractional reserve system and um i think that uh i want to read this one again because i think this is what i did is i signed up for the email list and you got this pdf for free okay. and uh, so that was the beginning um i love the the baphomet book i think that it's almost it's something like the last word on the holy grail mystery that uh, tracy and alex have combined um i really look forward to hopefully working with her her family and Alex and other people to continue to put hard editions out and especially to put an index in that book. I highly recommend if you're going to get the Baphomet book to get the uh, Kindle version so you can search because it's, it's, it's an encyclopedia of knowledge. It really is. It's almost 700 pages. And so I would, those are the two that I, I've also read. Uh, I mean, I've read almost everything, but mind controlled uh, sex slaves and the CIA is, is uh, I read that on an airplane on the way back from Scotland and uh, of course that, you know, lines right up. If uh, I, I don't really, I take everything with a grain of salt, like Miguel said, but I am definitely seeing some press and you can find some news articles where they're being a little harder on child sex trafficking, a little harder on pedophilia. And so that's encouraging to me, at least I'm not going to jump on the Q train and say, toot, toot, let's lay back and trust the plan. I don't really, I don't subscribe to anything. I really don't. But um, I would say it's a, uh, it ties to that, you know, that her work ties to that, that in that book, it's foreshadows it, if anything, you know. No, indeed. And uh, I was thinking during the election or the Democratic election, when uh, Michael Bloomberg was running, I was like, oh, my God, Mithras finally has a candidate. Let's see, <laughs> Let's see if this God has any juice in this lifetime or this cycle. So it looks like <laughs> no. So no. Well, uh, maybe I wasn't. We don't have to worry about Mithras, but I think we need to worry about Baphomet. I think uh, that cat has got some power on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Miguel, uh, I guess I'll, if you guys don't mind, I'll throw it up. The books that I like the most by her are the only ones that I can say I've read, which I've read completely through both her fiction work, Genuflect, which you'll never forget the neon blacklight bathroom scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and um, okay, glorious, I'm sure. Uh, anyways, and the idea is that I got to say, Money Grows on the Tree of Knowledge is also excellent. I wanted to hold up, though, my, um, this is one of my favorite books that I own. It's the uh, greatest of Dagobert's Revenge called The Arcadian Mystique. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Yeah. I'll add one final detail. Um, One of the Dagobert's uh, 
revenge article she sent me via uh, PDF was the one I specifically sought out. You guys know I have my thing with tool and everything like that. I'm almost going to try to show you I have before. No, I'm not going to probably knock the, the connection. <laughs> Point is, she sent me uh, a copy of Blair McKenzie Blake, who is tools webmaster uh, and co-written, I believe, with Danny Carey an article for Dagobert's Revenge, which is just the coolest thing. It's yeah. just, it all connects. And I was, uh, I wanted to ask a quick question. If anyone could uh, clear up my ignorance on this, is it true that um, like she had a fan in uh, the lead singer of uh, Slipknot and such? Uh, was that true that he was a big fan of hers? I'm just wondering. Uh, I've never had it confirmed, but um, her and I discussed privately that uh, she definitely confessed to me that she thought um, a variety of people in those, um, you know, blackest of metal uh, positions in heavy metal and rock and roll were definitely referencing and using her work. Hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me, but I mean, she didn't, you know, she was just speculating. She didn't say, oh yeah, this guy messages me or I know for sure because his roadie called me on the phone or anything, you know, but. I, I just asked because um, we of course just had um, Alex Kazemi on, uh, well, I should, we, we, uh, Miguel had Alex Kazemi on and I happen to be the, uh, the final end of that. So it's just interesting <laughs> how that comes full circle is what I was doing there. Yeah. Because it was Marilyn Manson ties, that's all, yeah. I'm sure, I wonder what she would have thought of that, honestly. Yeah, and I got to watch out. I mean, uh, Alex Kazemi and I email, and he's kind of going through his own stuff because he's getting hit by a lot of fundamentalist Christians. And, you know, when you start spreading that gnosis and you get blindsided, it's not easy. We can all, you know, we can all talk and think that we're tough, but, uh, you know, yeah. but unless you're a narcissist, that stuff still stings. It still hurts when people are coming at you and coming at you over. So, and obviously Tracy, all of us here have had to yeah. contend with it. So it's, uh, you want to try to find ways to help these people out or at least tell them, you know, get the hell off the internet. That's usually the, one, yeah, that. the smartest things you can do. <laughs> Take a break. Time out. If Alex wants to talk. He can definitely reach out to me for sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, but it's, it's hard to, oh, yeah. I'm just a preacher man, but still that stuff does sting. Uh, Miguel, that made me think of uh, an article I read years ago that um, there was a bunch of, uh, you know, strict uh, protestant uh, christians somewhere in the south all uh like holding vigil outside of black sabbath's um hotel room and so uh and they were all they were all lighting candles and praying and allegedly black sabbath came out and uh sang them all happy birthday and blew their candles out and ran back into the room so, <laughs> you know. that's funny good old ozzy i think he's also in rehab now again one more time <laughs> Hopefully one day he'll he'll overcome he'll overcome. So uh, well, he caused this whole Corona thing, didn't he, by biting the bat? No. <laughs> or was that the Corvinus one? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Nate, don't you have some good research on the Corvinus? What's the name of that movie? That vampire flick where they fight Underworld. the Underworld. Underworld. Yeah, it's just uh, it's worth definitely mentioning. Um, there's this. Uh, odd green language thing going on with the original virus that mutates people into the elite i mean into the vampires into werewolves is called the corvinus and it comes from a shakespearean actor second generation after lawrence oliver played by derek jacoby i believe is his name and that has all its resonances very interesting symbol sets 
Um, Got to say that it's really interesting that you can get a movie where it's like, oh, the vampires versus the werewolves. And then it's like, well, the humans, we don't care. So it's, it's that. But I'll add that like Ross Ben has this stuff about these two different warring elite factions. And I guess the Goths used to be uh, the Goths and then they became the Slavs after, which is the slaves. So there was this interesting thing where there might be these different bloodlines, proper like bloodlines still existing right now, maybe watching this show that are of these two different you know pitting this pitting that and problem reaction solution and here we are like thinking that there's a pandemic so then would uh tom hanks be either a vampire or werewolf i don't know man he seems kind of like a zombie to me <laughs> god bless zombie. him god bless you know all, it's all love i shouldn't I'm, I, I say nothing cruel god bless you know yeah, well, what did Gary Lockman say? Big events cast big shadows. So this stuff was already in the air decades ago. But, uh, of course, it wasn't. I mean, I remember talking to a friend a couple of years ago, and we were talking about, well, you know, what's the next one? Next 9-11, 2008. I think we're due for a virus, a world-killing, horse-spreading virus. This is the next one. Whether... It was manufactured or the gods or whatever doesn't, but uh, as Mark Twain said, history doesn't repeat, but it certainly rhymes. There's got to be this sort of black swan event every few years to kind of start things over. I, w- I yeah. want to remind, remind everyone, uh, as far as what you just said, um, it's it's literally real and not real at the same time. Bingo. All of it, beca- because if you think, of, and you guys, that's what, when I say I'm among peers, that's really what I mean. If I say Jean Baudrillard and reference Simulacra and Simulation, and if you go look at that man's work and understand what he was saying the world is going to become, where hyper-reality is what we exist in. Everything is a reference to media, and there's very few, less and less references to actual reality. We don't uh, only harvest our tomatoes. We harvest them on camera, you know. If we are harvesting them and not on camera, then we're at least looking at our messages while we're harvesting them. So we're in touch with the hyper-reality and, uh, and an endless, infinite stream of simulacra. And so I keep that keeps jumping back to me about this uh, COVID-19 thing is like, this is it. This is what he was talking about, that you can't untangle something like mundane reality from the hyper simulations there. It's all one clusterfuck for lack of a better word, you know? Yeah. Those hospitals are both empty and they're full. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. the shit Schrodinger's show. virus. Schrodinger's hospitals. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, Schrodinger's the, hospitals. <laughs> the revolution won't be televised, but the virus is being televised. So yeah. down on the ground, well, a lot going on. So didn't we have a recession a hundred years ago? <laughs> yeah, the Spanish flu. Yeah, well, oh, this yeah. is. This is the theosophical or otherwise understanding of things that like this is actually the increase in the electromagnetics and that how germs actually work is a poisoning like dolphins getting sick from Exxon Valdez, we getting sick from this and people think that they know germ theory like they think they know gravity. But I'm just saying that, like, really, we don't know. Well, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that you know, don't pay me for that because I don't know, and uh, this isn't medical advice. But it certainly seems that Tracy would at least probably be saying similar things. Yeah, she'd be, she'd be skeptical. I can say that, and um, 
You know, the, the, I was really glad to see that you had James True on not too long ago and the work he's been putting out. You know, I don't want to digress too long, but it's, it's almost impossible not to address this thing with all of us. We've never seen a worldwide event in our lifetimes. It's anything like this. That's, I keep reminding people as they're uncomfortable or uncertain, like, this is, we're all in this together and we've never done this before. You know, 9-11 wasn't like this even. It, it wasn't, you know, so it's, it, the, the work that James True has been doing with uh, Dr. Kaufman is wor worth looking at if people are, are curious. So. Yeah, that was a great show. Fascinating. I mean, the more theories we have, the more we'll be able to, to come at least closer to the truth. I mean, this is something that's going to take years and decades to untangle. So, But I am glad that people are faster with their skepticism, with their questioning, still in the minority. I mean, uh, I mean, I, maybe I was back then, I was a diluted neocon Catholic, which I was during 9-11, but I don't remember people questioning it off the bat when it happened. Yeah. Now, this is happening, and it's like, it is on real time. People are asking questions, they're trying to dig in, and uh, trying not to, and while the rest of the world is just being paralyzed by fear and uh, the agenda of uh, the opportunism of those in power. So it, at least it's good to see. Same with 2008, I think when the markets crashed, it was took a little bit longer, but yeah, people were like, this, this there's a rat. You, you're going to smell a rat and the rat is true. It's the year of the rat too. And I noticed that these events tend to happen on the quart. I, I might be wrong on this, but I quick math was doing like 1968. I believe that was the year of uh, the monkey and uh, the year of the monkey in the Chinese is a squared to the rat and the dragon. So I was wondering if these major uh, hyper electrification of the stratosphere, which would be the 1918 period, the post-World War II period, the 1968 Pink Floyd giving us the summer of 68 song and fall of 68 song, nothing to see here, folks. And then, of course, what we just had happen now, these are all in certain years. I mean, I might be wrong and fine, but uh, it's I at least noticed the 68 and this one are both in court, um, quarter angles to the year of the rat and the monkey. And, uh, you know, we do so much with western thought but there's an entire yeah. like occident orient and the best is between like miguel said 50 and 50 at least i think there's a 51 there somewhere don't agree with me i don't care the idea <laughs> is that you need to have a whole brain to see these things with and um i think that's something tracy did for us the dark with the light and that synthesis even though you have pipes full of stuff in that story like that's an amazing imagery that no one will ever forget read genuflect it's a magical act you will never ever get it out of your head i've been i've been having a really hard time until honestly today was the first time i felt completely at ease listening to tracy's voice uh, i threw on an old interview that she that one that she did with me just to remind myself and um today was the first day i made it to the end of one of them so i uh that it made me think that Nate, just cause uh, you know, maybe I could actually go back and, and read the book again. Cause I've been meaning to do it, but I, uh, you know, I, I, I stepped away from mine and Jim's show because I was just feeling like it wasn't, um, I think this hit us all a lot harder than, you know, it's like, it's hard to realize you're in denial or in shock. And um, Jim and I were standing right there in the blast zone and, and uh, I was actually traveling uh, when we found out that Tracy had passed away, um, my fiance's, uh, her her sister was in the process of getting married. So we were traveling to the area there and we're not very far away. So I had a, a real blessing. I feel like I'm probably the last person 
that Tracy really um, took on as a real in real life friend and, and was able to get close to and she confided in me and uh, uh, that I, I, I'm at a loss for words. I mean, to I think it just it, it's a lot bigger hole than what um, than what we all first realized. I think we're far enough away now that we can start to look back and see that uh, I can't even think of a person I would compare it to. I mean, I, compare it to someone like Gary Webb or to the guy from Google. Uh, what was his name? Um, I can't remember his name. The the young man that helped start Google that very suspiciously died. Hmm. No one heard I, that one. You know, I was trying to think of any any reference point. You know, like an interior reference point. What is what does this feel like? She, she was so much bigger, so humble, and so kind of uncanny in her weirdness that until she was gone, you don't realize that she's like this monolith. You know, this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all knew it when we were reading it because you can't. It's so dense. It's like trying to eat chocolate mousse after a a full dinner. So rich and so so full um, that you can't. You have to really just kind of toy at it and then let it come to you in little bites. And um, God, I miss her. I miss her so much sometimes. And today is a. I don't know if you guys saw my video on YouTube. The most recent one I posted. Um, I take my little dog for a walk all the time, and we. Uh, we went around the block and I uh, headed back up the ra- the regular main stretch and I had this feeling that like Tracy was just around. And um and so I talked as if she was like, Well, if you're here, you know, I'm I'm open. What's up, you know? And if you go watch the video, I, I talk about how a crow came with a twig in its mouth and landed on the pole right in front of me. And he just sat there and I'm like, Okay, well that's kinda weird, you know, like because uh if you know, I'm a I'm a, a very much a Gnostic Christian now, but I was raised a Protestant Christian and so in the story of the ark, Noah releases uh, a crow first, huh. and the crow never comes back, and then he releases a dove, and the dove comes back with an olive branch. And so to me, a crow with a branch is like, okay, well, that's kind of uh, inverted and funny. And um, so I said, well, hey, if that's you, uh, just let me know. And uh, the thing squawked right at me, and it jumped to the next phone pole down, and it turned towards me and squawked again. Sure. And so I said, well, hey, I got to keep walking, so I'm going to walk a little farther. But if you want to follow me down the street, I'll talk to you more over there. And it did. The bird followed me and flew down, kind of swooped in front of me, landed again on top of I mean, this was at least six or ten blocks away. And so I felt like uh, it was a really touching, you know, in, I, I guess this is the point where us and the normies all diverge, right? Am I am I a crazy person? This is the point. (laughs) (laughs) Talking to myself, thinking I'm talking to a bird that's carrying uh, spirit messages for me. I don't know, but it made me feel better. It helped me get to today, um, so that I I can come with a smile and without fear. So, I got to say that um, crows are super intelligent, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tracy was. You know, I mean, I don't know how this works but yeah i'm with you uh gnostic christian ish kind of it's it's an amorphous soup i want good for people but i um i want to bring up something uh there's i i wanted to ask this and uh someone wants us to just bring up the fact that jesse ventura and tracy spoke one time so it might be worth for us to you know maybe put that in the show notes or something just so that people can it seems like a thing and i think tracy would like that for it's kind of it's kind of cool and uh, Vance wants to uh, bring up, it says, um, would one of you try to sum up what Tracy's world was like, what she was into, 
what her trademark views and theories are. And they also mentioned that the Google guy was uh, maybe Rashid, uh, sorry, Rajiv Motwani. And then someone else says Hassan Sabah. And then someone says Aaron Schwartz. So for whatever reason. It wasn't Hassan Sabah. Uh, what is it? Hassan Sabah is the founder of the assassins. I thought so. Hashash, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like nothing. But everything is permitted, so I'm allowed to yeah, say Yeah, that. everything is. Anyways, so maybe to reread the question, what, um, the sum up of Tracy's world, what she was into, her trademark views and theories. I think Jim's going to want to take that, uh, or Sean or someone. <laughs> you you want to you take a shot at it, Jimmy? Uh, you, you can start out. All right, so it's a, I mean, obviously this it's is a just, big, wide question. It is well, but I mean, I understand there's probably a lot of people tuning in that um, don't have the the history and the privilege of knowledge that the rest of us have. So, um, you know, and I do have uh, well, I was gonna say I have her obituary, but I don't want to read. I don't. It's there's a little bit too much personal stuff in there, I think. But um, she she uh, is best known for having started a magazine called Dagobert's Revenge. Or that's where her, you know, that's where she really, she she broke into the scene. Um, if you read her really old work, she kind of calls herself a follower of the Holy Grail, or uh, she felt called by the Holy Grail. And in her younger days, she was definitely more um, of what you would call a left-handed path type person. She's very well known for working uh, with the Ouija board. And what happened was the story for Tracy, correct me if I'm wrong, I trust you guys to correct me if I get anything wrong is that um, she had, uh, in the process of seeking the mystery of the grail, had um, come upon uh, the work of Jean Cocteau, a painter and a famous poet and also a seeker of the grail, and uh, came up somehow, I don't remember how, but somehow with the idea to try and contact him via the Ouija board and had uh, marginal success um, contacting uh, an entity that answered to Jean Cocteau. And um, in seeking questions and digging deeper uh, that entity told her that he couldn't answer um that he would have to refer her to cain like cain like cain and abel and that she like like you said you know took that bold risk like okay well i'll hit up cain on the ouija board i will go to the next level and she got into correspondence with cain and cain yet referred her to the baphomet and um that's uh that's like the I would say, you know, from her magazine and those behaviors uh, with the Ouija board and seances and writing about her results and still seeking the grail and the mystery, um, the, those are probably the, the linchpins of what put her on the scene. And this was all when she was very young, probably when she was 18 and 19 years old. She was hand publishing and delivering to like Tower Records and record stores in New York and um, also in other cities, you know. And um, so... From from there, and she was, you know, I don't remember when the very first book she wrote was, but she, I think she wrote 12 or 13 books. I, 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 you know, it could be more, it could be less, but it's a lot. You know, it's a pretty good volume of work. And um, she... Uh, she definitely had a knack to get to the bottom of stuff, for sure. I mean, like, she would dig and dig and dig and find stuff, find connections and and people and proofs that nobody ever saw, you know. She's, she's on the cutting edge of, of her research. I think it's just worth to quickly interject that uh, some people in the chat are noting that poop isn't food. 
<laughs> We've got some RX Only yeah, Picture yeah. Show fans in the chat. That's what oh, you're seeing. I thought I mentioned that. Uh, yeah, it's kind of Poop is not food, folks. Please don't forget, if you're going to remember anything uh, and take it with you this year into 2020, just remember that, that poop is not food. And uh, Miguel, that look on your face, that it was a meme during our live broadcasts. And um, I think it was uh, Harrison, who also worked with Tracy on some of the Templar Baphomet material. Um, he just offhandedly said it during our broadcast that, you know, somebody had made a comment or it was implied. And it may have been... Uh, it may have been in reference to light cakes or something like that, you yeah. know, lampooning uh, the people that, you know, because, uh, you know, maybe some uh, in, the, in your audience, people would know, but most people in the world don't understand that no, nothing's off the list as far as people <laughs> practicing magic. They are glad to take all manner of bodily fluids and other things and yeah, do what they will with them. And uh, so that was uh, there was many, many a meme made. Yes. It said poop is not food. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah, Jean Cocteau, uh, if you read the work of Patrice Chaplin, yeah, he was a, uh, the grail was, uh, according to her work, it wasn't um, an object or whatever. These are portals that, uh, interdimensional portals that you find out in Europe and so forth that have been looked for for hundreds, thousands of years. And of course, uh, it does lead to uh, some entity called Lucifer, but uh, that's, that's another show. So it's interesting. Tracy was going to very much the same, going down the same paths, and she was definitely hitting on. She was she was getting close to the truth, as they say. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that uh, Jesse Waugh also uh, interviewed Patrice uh, Patrice Chaplin. So yeah, I remember she was in touch with Salvador Dali and that whole group of people. So yeah, and that's. Um, I'd, I'd say what Jim said is true that, you know, um, Tracy had an uncanny ability. I'd call it supernatural. Like she was blessed or gifted to be able to, to draw from a greater variety of things than everyone else and still have uh, coherent center points or, you know, she, she could draw things yeah. together and make them make sense. And she definitely had a psychic connection to, to something that was leading her. I, I feel like, yes. Like, uh, I mean, genuflect, it seems very pertinent to uh, what's going on these days. You know, like Corona, meaning Corona of the sun, you know, the, the king, the, the light from the sun. Maybe it's a, it's a new sun. Well, remember, too, that 19 is the sun card in the tarot. Yeah, absolutely. So this, this is stacks upon stacks of imagery and to do proper magic like that, you know, like Liz Fraser as Christopher Loring Knowles points out, did a like one year long ritual before 9-11 where they symbolically destroyed a tower within a tower. Speaking of resonance. Wow. You know, I mean, uh, I'm glad that we all we all figured it out, though. It was Jeffrey Epstein who killed coronavirus by collapsing Building 7 on it. <laughs> <laughs> the Uber conspiracy. Let us play the Uber conspiracy. Oh, Miguel, I want you to know that uh, if you see my glass here, this is uh, this is fake beer. So fear fear not, because I know that you know I'm also, I'm probably about three years sober myself. But yeah, yeah. I drink the fake stuff every once in a while. Awesome, Going awesome. Around. It's a yeah, I've never been able to drink a non-alcoholic beer, but uh, I did years it ago. It seemed but... like it could exist, though. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if we were going to carry on from there, I would say that Tracy... Um, after establishing herself as a person writing uh, magazines, 
she started to um well, if you read her book, she was drawn by the um, interaction with the Baphomet to start something like her own mystery school, including blood oaths and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I don't remember if it's in the books or not, but she told me personally that she felt um, disenchanted with it and had to, to break it up. And, you know, it's in some of the books, definitely, that she dissolved. It's in clock it. shavings. Yeah, okay. So it's in clock shavings, how she dissolved it and kind of... So I would say somewhere at that point... Between that and the discussions that her and I had and things that she shared with uh, Jim and I on our show, the, I wouldn't say she went 180 degrees and went and became, uh, we see it a lot that people will, you know, they'll do so so much cocaine they find Jesus, or they'll be such a hardcore heavy metal rock and roller that they find Jesus, you know. You see that a lot. And I saw definitely an inkling of that with Tracy, a repentance from really digging in deep. And I know that she had allegedly um, made a plan to stop using the the Ouija board, you know, I don't know if they, if she ever, you know, I don't know if she did for sure, but she had shared that with me privately that she was going to stop doing it. I think her father had asked her to um to maybe step away from it, and um, she she talked. She there's an amazing show. I don't remember which one that we did about Jesus, and uh, well, the show wasn't about Jesus, but we ended up on that topic, and she she she. I wouldn't call it a confession of uh, of like being saved, but it was really similar to that. And she also shared some similar things like that to me. I, I've seen some articles and stuff on the web, like speculating that like, oh, well, Tracy messed with demons and she just got herself killed. And we can't discount that. We don't know what happened. We don't really know how how she got into the, to the end, in, end situation. But I would say... My personal interactions of traveling back and forth six or ten times, meeting her, spending time with her in person, that she definitely was um, standing in a neutral position and and being wary of all of her past work, you know. So, and um, boy, I don't. I had met. I I had a before before I met Tracy. I read Genuflect, and there's a she has a character in genuflect based on herself her name is pamela auger mm-hmm. you know like augering digging down to the truth is what how i kind of think about it but um there's a part in the book where she gets her feet cut off at the ankles yeah and and she's being pushed around in a wheelchair and then later they get put back on and i always had this joke with uh sean about how if i ever got a chance to meet tracy that i would have to check her ankles for scars you know, to make sure that that story wasn't true. <laughs> and so I asked her one time if she had, if I could see her, if she had any scars on her ankles. And she said, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> because uh, when she was doing her, uh, when she, when she had her sort of cult, I guess, or secret society, they would, draw a little bit of blood and she would do it at her ankle she said ah yeah yeah so. we do have a question um it's uh, i'm going to lead in with something that legion james says he uh, says tracy's work on the templars and how uh through castration they brought fourth dimensional worms was so great i just thought that was worth uh that's that's tracy like if it's not like a disneyland ride blasting like some kind of ray to choose a special tastier kids to go to the <laughs> then uh yeah but um that's uh, i think we figured out where i'm not going to make any 
Okay, I'm, I'm restraining the jokes. Uh, but let's see here. Elizabeth Fraser of Cocteau Twins, by the way, um, someone mentioned, is born the day after Tracy Twyman, uh, August 29th, and Tracy's born the 28th of August. You can listen to the Six of Swords with us where she does this oddly prophetic thing where she's like, my birth date was... You can listen. Hey. But uh, someone asked a question and wanted us to talk more about her work on Mithras. Oh, and two questions on her Dead Man Switch. Uh, Vance is letting us know. So Mithras and Dead Man Switch. Okay. Um, you know what? What I personally found fascinating about the the Mithras stuff was the the way it seemed to um, to give a lot of these god characters and overlap as opposed to being distinctly separate from one another you know meet baphomet mithras kybele sybil however you want to say it um to me in my mind now it's just a gray area whereas before i would have thought of them as individual you know and um i uh i would say that the idea of uh mithras trying to conquer up through the world above him and then finding himself coming up through the bottom, you know, the, the myth, that's the way it goes, that it seems like, it seems like she was tapped straight into that with the, the genuflect thing, because that's the whole point of the book is to draw down, to seduce the archons so that you can draw down God to conquer and defeat God to become God, you know, and she's, she was, wasn't speculating really. She was kind of like using well, the way she described it was almost like mediumship without the Ouija board, you know, like that when she told us when she was writing that book that it's like it was just coming in waves. And we really are seeing a terrific amount of uh, prophetic type stuff coming, you know, and so and I do feel like we're I've been telling people for a long, long time that 2020 is the years everything's going to change because I've been studying this very little known political uh, side of, of the conspiracy called communitarianism. And if you follow me on Twitter or watch my shows, you hear me talk about it. A woman named Nikki Rapana discovered this whole thread um, underpinning everything of where they're trying to take uh, what I would call monopoly capitalism and communism and collapse those two pillars into one world, you know? And I would say to me, it's just, I feel like it's just the worst kind of confirmation to study for years and years and to have uh, it seem like we are coming up through the bottom, like we are, they're forcing us all to be Mithras and come up through the bottom into a new world, you know? It's, well, been it's so just like the, uh, go ahead. I'd like to add to that before we get into the other question, because then Oswald has one afterwards. Um, yeah, the uh, there is something sacred about sevens, and like, this gets complicated because, you know, I, I'm personally not about to run out and use my glow-in-the-dark Ouija boards anytime ever soon, ever, <laughs> ever. But um, I do have an affinity, you know, as a public, dis, you know, f- full disclosure, I'm a Freemason, I'm a Rosicrucian, I'm a Scottish Rite Mason, 32, which that was hilarious when Joe Atwill was talking about it. I'm just like not saying anything, not saying a thing, dude. And, uh, York <laughs> you Rite, kept gotta, it together. I loved it. Well, the look on your face. You got to see, you got to <laughs> see the, as a Mason, seeing some of the memes posted in the RX, I'm just like, can I let that go? Just let that go. Just let that go. Um, so a lot of the things that are sacred about the number seven are beyond the capability of me to conspiracize. It's a, it's an alchemical process, you know, um, even, Pink Floyd will sing about it, and it begins, you know, it's like old 
Piper at the Gates of Dawn lyrics, but you know, I think it's chapter 24. Point is, is that seven itself is a begins with a destabilizer and you can go through a cycle of revolutions, but that's why we have the seven notes, the seven colors, the seven days of the week and yada, yada. So there's sacred things that are part of like what Mithraic things would use, like the seven degrees of initiation. These things have functional uses. And I think that for an ignorant populace that's not been initiated, you know, just in general, including myself in a way, like we don't know the security or the meaning or the actual positive or neutral, but, you know, if well, right in consciousness uses it, positive things that these can be used for. And so it's a great tool to hoard the things for yourself and to get people to be afraid of it. You know, like Alex Kazemi brought up, for example. But if it's all right, I'd like to bring it back around to the dead man switch. And then we got one from Oswald after that, whenever you guys want that. Like the whole Greg Carlwood thing, I guess, or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I understand. And, um, you know, I I don't mind touching on it for a minute. And, um, you know, I understand people are uh, people are hungry for information because we're stuck with an endless, uncomfortable mystery. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the the truth is um, Tra- Tracy was was found hanged, but we don't know. Um, we don't really know any more details than that. And my own my own speculation and my own gut feeling is that probably with all the evidence of targeted individual uh, digital and in real life, she was experiencing in real life harassment, years and years of targeted harassment on the Internet with if you've never gone and listened to her talk about it, like they were they were spoofing her entire internet experience. So she felt like she was in a, in a, um, like a reality TV show and she didn't know who her audience was, you know, like she was getting real time. Yeah. And people are are of course speculating, well, does that mean she's really just losing her mind or is this really happening? And if you go even just take a peek under the hood of the targeted individual stuff, you see that she's not alone. You know, I actually sent her information to a man who confessed to me that he, uh, was feeling that way about the Wi-Fi and stuff and that he left the Western world and went to South America because he felt like he was safe because he was getting voices and he was getting all this stuff and he felt like it was related to the, to the Wi-Fi. But, um, and the way that that relates to the, to the dead man switch is that, um, well, she had expressed all these things to us in private. Um, Jim and I got a lot of the messages and there were a few other people. And uh, I would say that that video um, which is scrubbed off the internet now, and I think um, Steve uh, Steve Outram was able to recover most of it from our episode because we went through a good chunk of it or something. I don't remember for sure, you know. But um, she, I don't think she'd ever intended it as a like, hey, if I die, send this out, you know. It was more like, hey, this information is full of other people's personal information, and it is threatening. It gets death threats. It's scary. It's correlating things to Isaac Cappy's death that hint and point at her potentially being in the know or in danger because of locations and stuff like that. And so I just, honestly, I, you guys, I've, I've walked away from trying to look into all of it because I don't want to draw myself or anyone else. I don't want to encourage people to be in danger. We don't know what happened. There's a laundry list of names of people that were here and now are gone because they've, unabashedly and unafraidly gone down these paths and we've lost Didn't the did the police rule it a suspicious death you know as far as i know it's still ruled a suicide and me personally i believe it was a suicide they were all of the information tracy gave us and this is on the internet you can find the broadcasts 
where she's saying that they're threatening her, that they're going to torture and, and hound her and drive her crazy until she takes her own life. And so I think a combination of um, digital and in real life harassment combined with something like horrible black magic probably unfortunately accomplished that goal. But that's just my own opinion. I know there's people that share the opinion because I do have private conversations, but I, I'll be honest, you guys, I even, um, there was a private investigator hired and he just completely he burned us. He, he uh, led us on and I was waiting. I kept telling people on the internet, um, just wait, I'm going to give you more information later because I figured we'd at least get something. And he was someone connected uh, to law enforcement, like a real PI. And um, eventually uh, he just stopped corresponding and I kind of was insistent and I just got that weird vibe. Like this guy's not good. You know, he's like, if you keep pushing, you're just, I feel like I'm putting myself close to the edge of, of what would draw us into danger. And I'm not, I'm not willing to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I, think I don't I'll see from your point there that um, I think that answers Oswald's question uh, just about like, you know, do you think she got, he's asking basically, did she get too deep? And I, I think that like, we well, don't, like, she, we don't know she, what happened at the end, but basically, no. um, I want to say, like, just on a positive way to look at that, Darcy says, because, hey, Darcy, uh, we need to be concerned about our behavior critically, not others. And I think there's something radically self-empowering about that. Just one idea of a message saying that, like, there's a lot of ways for us to get, like, who's doing this out here? Who's doing this? Why I brought that up about, like, the seven different things being used for good is that we can ourselves build ourselves up to the point where if we're concerned about making ourselves better... I mean, even if the world is a storm, we can be the clear eye in the storm. And I think there's another just a positive message to kind of add into that. I don't mean to take away from anyone's theories or whatever, but like ultimately, I think she'd want us to live the best life possible, you know? So whatever yeah. that would look like without freaking out about it, I guess. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I think there's... I think that's true, and I think also um, people's people's desire for for justice or more information is natural. Mm -hmm. But I'm not willing to chase it to the point where yeah. where I'm going to put myself in danger because I don't feel you know maybe if I was uh, had a hundred million dollars in the bank, my my attitude would be different. But I I feel like we're all we're we're all slaves in denial in this in this world, in my opinion. And so if that's true, that's I mean that's how I live my life. I'm a I'm a tax slave in a really beautiful open air prison and I really don't have very many complaints. But I'm not the empowered person that they lied to me in school and in church and said I was supposed to be. You know. Yeah. I, you know. Um. I, it's been a long time since I've uh, thrown on a, a, a an American flag T-shirt and proudly worn it. And I, I'm also not holding it against the people that do. But you know that vibe of we we deserve we're in power entitled to something. There's danger there, and I I you know. I can't tell anyone else what to do, but for me, what you said is true, Nate. Like I, I'm doing inner work. It's, it's working here. If I find myself offended, blaming, scared, angry at things outside of myself, it's a clue for my ass that I can do something to bring myself back to center. And that if I can get that little piece of serenity, I'll probably find out, hey, it's not, it's not about anything or anyone outside of me. There's nothing we can do to bring Tracy back to us. We can honor her memory. We can uh, support and encourage people to keep her work and her name and her memory at hand. But we can't, we, even if, uh, even if say the best case scenario happened, what we're going to prove something and we're going to take it to a legal position 
and what change some paperwork at the courthouse i mean what's you know we're not we're not going to accomplish anything you know there's some good stuff too that we were um we can remember about her like totally non-related to anything that could be like dragon courts or anything which would be like the stuff you all have with jim my god one of the best things jim egan's show on your show with tracy yeah yeah i met jim egan last year at the at the Newport Tower, which is on. Tell him, I'm gonna step away. I'll be right back. You, you lead it up better, so a lot of people don't know. Tell them what that show is. I'll be right back. It was an amazing show with Jim Egan <laughs> being Jim Egan, and uh, if you don't know Jim Egan, it's he's a force of nature. He's a fellow oh, yeah. human creature born on a 22. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> yeah, we have 22s, man. Anyways. Anyways, so he has this whole understanding of this Newport Tower that was, you know, I've heard Brother Jason Lou's name mentioned quite a few times. Awesomely, you know, it, the choice between being entrained, entertained, and ecstatic. And I think that's beautiful and useful, especially with what we're talking about tonight. But, um, yeah, uh, he had the whole thing with John D and the Empire of the Angles or the Arcane, Archons, Archangels, Archangels, excuse me. Slip of the. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, well, you can vault. Just, so uh, the point is, the jokes are going to start coming. I'm going to say this, folk. I'm going to focus. I went down and met Jim Egan, whose uh, belief it is that John D was the architect of the Newport Tower, which is completely obscure and not on the flag of Newport itself. And it's basically a hor- sarcasm. And it's a horologium. And so Tracy wasn't just interested in, like, you know, who's the Priory of Zion, like, or the uh, Renla Chateau mysteries, like, with Danny Carey and uh, Blair Mackenzie Blake writing for her in Dagobert's Revenge. She was also into the Newport Tower and these different dimensions. And Jim Egan on uh, RX Only Picture Show with featuring Tracy Twyman. Um, the dude was just like yeah I got that I got my signed copy the dude was just so excited just to be on the show and sharing with everyone and when you go and meet him it's like the it's it's like that but like then you can but but, yeah and he showed me the actual camera obscura oh my god oh cool were you able to see that show no, I missed it. Okay, I... so Jim Egan's this guy over there close to where Nate's at, and he's got this tower that everyone, they 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 make up these nonsense excuses like they do for everything in our reality. Like, oh, it's because of this, you know. Uh, there's this tower over there. They say, oh, the Vikings made it, or there's three or four theories. And uh, Jim Egan has written seven books about how he thinks he's figured out that it's a book, that uh, a tower that was constructed um, at the behest of John D. And that it's a camera obscura and it's a way to track the stars. And um, so what Tracy did, she got in touch with this guy and got him to agree to give us a live tour during an episode of RX Only Picture Show. And so he's wow, just so cool. running around through his – it's a museum. Like he's made it into – he's he's taken it upon himself to make it into a museum explaining all of the work he's done. And he's an absolute hermeticist. I mean, I don't know if he wants to admit it or not, but it's very obvious <laughs> to anyone who knows anything about that kind of stuff that he's a full – I mean, he's solved the riddle and he knows it. Yes. And so he's continuing to document and expand on it. And uh, it was just so amazing. to Tracy would bring us these people. One of the greatest pleasures in my life is that uh, – I hosted a stupid internet live show with Jim Maiden, and we were totally acting a fool because we wanted a fix. 
you know, of feeling good on the internet of RX only picture show. Let's like, let's just do it. And that somehow that put us in a position to bring Tracy Twyman on and blow our minds. And then we could bring guests and introduce them for the first time ever to Tracy Twyman and the guest live on the air and just see what happens. I can't explain to you how happy that makes me to have been able to facilitate that. Every, every time we'd have someone like Jim Egan or Steve Outram or James True, first time they've ever even met is going to be when I push the button and we go live. And here we're going on a tour of an ancient tower that probably was uh, commissioned by John D. Or here we are, we're going off on some other, you know, Wonderland adventure. So that's... Uh, I feel really good right now. I want to keep that feeling, but I'm sure it'll pass. Ah, <laughs> well, the wheel will continue to turn, just like this, you know. So I mean, it does. It's uh, it's Saturn and Pluto right now for sure. This uh, this extension, this overextension of authority, attempting to make these uh, obviously archonic, archaic, draconian uh, misadventures unto our consciousness. This is just what happens during Saturn, during Pluto, and the cycle will change, you know? Uh, sometimes we're on top, sometimes we're on the bottom, but wherever you are, you know, like Winston, brother Winston Churchill says, if you're going through hell, keep going. Keep going. Yes, it is. That's a great saying, so we must keep going. <laughs> All right. Any questions from the audience, uh, Nate? Ah, just uh, looking around. Uh, the number 22 is forever better than 23, as everyone knows. That's a fact. That's my birthday. It's 23, so. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's why you're talking more than us. <laughs> so 22 is better than 23. It's been proven right now forever. And we still love Jim, <laughs> which is also awesome. There's a huge comet coming our way, too, says Vance. And I'll add that's, uh, that's something special because my, uh, my better half's in the chat, too. Uh, shout out to Rhonda Blanc, who makes the jewelry, uh, these meteorites, for the oh, comet cool. is coming. The Very band, nice. Which is like Elton John's favorite band right now. So, anyways, yes. Uh, very, very cool. I don't see any other questions in here. Scanning you guys around. wanted me to show you some of the imagery, the, you know, the pictures you sent me, Sean? Or yeah, sure. Bring that up. So, what, um, what Miguel's going to show us is um, another fascinating uh, synchronicity for a picture show. So, one time we're live during the broadcast, and some gentleman chimes in in the chat. And he says, what the hell is this show being produced in Walla Walla, Washington? Because we were always open about where we were. Because Walla Walla, you kind of almost have to tell people because it's just years ago <laughs> before the Internet, if you called and tried to order something on the phone, you would have to confirm three times that you weren't lying, you know. So um, we told him, yes, um, you know, it's not so bad anymore. People believe in Walla Walla now. But there was a time when the existence of the place that we live was seriously in doubt in the world. Um, it, so... Uh, I confirmed with the gentleman that we were definitely live out of Walla Walla and gave him my email address. And him and I, I don't want to give his name. He's a pretty shy, humble guy. Um, but uh, he um, he started meeting me for coffee about once a month or something, and we would chit-chat. And uh, he's this really jovial character, really meek, but really well, really intellectual and spiritual. And um, as this all developed and happened, when it came down to Tracy being lost and gone... I had posed the idea on one of our broadcasts uh, to make a coin of remembrance with um, her there's more beyond symbol on the back. You know, it's like the, it's like, you, you know, anyone that's seen her old stuff, the plus ultra websites and the there's more beyond 
I don't know. I think I sent you that too. So probably Miguel, if, if you have that, we could put that up too. But I always had that idea sure. as the reverse of the coin, but I didn't have an idea for the obverse. And he said that he was already in the mindset to make a profile sculpture in relief of Tracy anyway. And so now that um, he's done that and it's almost completed, he got it complete enough that he was happy to give us a picture. He's very wary to share it prior. I started to take a picture and he, he shooed me off. No, no, no don't, don't do that. But um, so we have the obverse and the reverse of a coin that we'd like to produce in sterling silver um, and uh, crowdfund it. Um, we also have, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead live here in just a little while and make a donation to Tracy's headstone fund, which still hasn't met its goal. And I encourage anyone who's watching to please take this opportunity to, to, I'm going to, I'm going to drop 200 bucks in there cause I can afford it. But uh, two bucks is just as good because the energy of you saying that we want to, we want to give our friend, um, you know, something in stone that remembers uh, who she is, where she is, you know. But um, I'd say after we see that goal accomplished, the next thing I'd love to push for is to see uh, us come together as a group and put in enough money that we can say, let's send this off to the silversmith and get us 500 or 1,000 of these rounds so we can all hold them up and say, hey, we've got it well, as a necklace. We've got it in our pocket. We've got it in our collectibles case. And it's an endless symbol showing that, you know, we, we made it into to the precious metal, you know. And silver seems right to me for Tracy, like so lunar such a lunar character you know that my girlfriend is a metalsmith so i think that we have everything we need like on the call very cool right now. yeah good good very and, cool uh, yeah, here, let yeah. me let me share the yeah. imagery and if you want you can talk some more and if you want to uh somebody down at the chat wants to put the link to the gofundme that's fine i can put it on the show notes both on my side at this youtube channel after the show for sure so let me hit the uh, share screen. And someone's making a good point in the chat about our answer. Can you guys see the screen? Uh, yes. I'm going to ask someone the coin made a good shot? point about the yeah, that's, um, no. so that's, that's, no. the, uh, that's the symbol for the back. And so this is Tracy's uh, symbol that she had someone design for her. And if you know anything about um, the hidden realms, hyper kingdoms, and uh, secret mountains like Mount Maru or Mount Analog, um, these, you know, you see it in movies a lot, you know, like the, the Wonder Woman movie had it, right? The Wonder, the, right. the Amazons are all hidden on an island and you see this in um, also what's, in... Uh, what's Trump's club called? Yeah, Plus Ultra. Uh, yeah. Mar-a-Lago. Yes, Mar-a-Lago. He's got a, he's got a, a Plus Ultra on his wallpaper on Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, there's a photo of Trump sitting there with Plus Ultra is... Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a huge, we could go off on a big reel, a tangent about Plus Ultra and why Tracy chose it. So the back of the coin would be this symbol without the plusultra.com above and below. And then um, our friend that we met from our, our show in Walla Walla um, sculpted a, she, he, he, it's hard to find pictures of Tracy in profile, but he found a good one and he's an exceptional sculptor. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Oh, Jim said his name. I guess now you guys know his name. <laughs> his name. His name's Dan. <laughs> Such a rare name, exotic name. Yeah. Well, as try as he'd like to be, we want him to have full credit and clout. So uh, absolutely. If you're, not, if you're not having the other picture handy, Miguel, I can DM it to you. Sure. Yeah, no, here's the. Oh, there it is. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Someone's saying a good point about our ancestors and how they hold us up and take a lot of the brunt for us. And I just wanted to say that Tracy is definitely playing that role for us and that she's become a pillar for us. So I think that's a great point. Well, Nate, I remember you called in at the end of, uh, you know, we did not very long after her passing, Jim and I were able to um, go on uh, Clyde Lewis uh, Ground Zero Radio, which is a national broadcast reaching millions of people. And I remember you called in at the end and um, you made the point that uh, they had, um, you know, they'd given us like an esoteric martyr in Tracy. And um, regardless of how we lost her, at that time we were speculating that we really thought it appeared to be murder. And, um, you know, that's it's not ruled out. I don't think we'll ever be able to rule it out. But my own gut feeling is the opposite, that they drove her to do it. But regardless, what we have in Tracy Twyman uh, as a memory and, like you said, as a pillar, is we have uh, someone who was willing to be so unafraid in her seeking for the truth that uh, it, it cost her her body in this realm, you know? Because, I mean, that's the only way I can think of it. I don't think of her as dead because I still feel that today I feel the energy ever since I woke up, I had that horrible dream. I wrote it down to get it out of myself. I've been writing my dreams down for about two years and all of a sudden I just felt light. I felt good and I'm carrying it with me. And it's the first time I felt that way really since. So I can't really attribute that to anything else except for that. It's, it's finally, you know, we're starting to get healing. We're starting to get closure, you know, and don't hesitate to reach out to, to me or to Jim or to these two gentlemen here or to one another. Don't suffer in silence. Please, people, you know, don't, don't, don't suffer in silence. You're not alone in the world. We're out here, too. We're suffering, too. But we're going to make it through it, you know. Yeah. Well said. All right. Well, let me get out of the... Okay, I guess we are back here alive. And yes, and of course, it's also always important. Everybody reacts different to these uh, events, to death, to changes, and everybody has a different uh, level of recovery and what they need what they need to deal with. So it's so relative. In this sense, it is relative. But uh, like you said, uh, holding it in is the worst thing you can do. It has yeah. to be worked out. I mean, we are social animals and um, our lives are not our own from womb to tomb we are bound to others so we are we are and if if you watch any of these crazy shows like alone or other examples where they take people or people who sail in ships all by themselves we we literally go mad without human contact and uh, despite yeah. the government's warnings and orders i encourage you to hug and touch one another be not afraid yeah. You know, I'm not saying to go lick doorknobs or do anything stupid or crazy, but don't be afraid to hug your children, hug your spouse, shake hands with your best friend or whatever, you know, that's, uh, it's, it's part of this experience. And to listen to some voice on high tell you not to do it, you're just putting yourself at risk for, for loneliness and to hurt yourself. Many we came people, out of a woman, yeah. you know, we came out of another human being. That's I mean, right. it tells you everything. Nature provides all answers for those who are calm enough to look. And I think that's one of the most, look, we came from two, <laughs> in case you need an example, we came from two people. And that's, it's also true that we came from two people cooperating enough to get together and then creating another human, not alone that it just uh, a person comes out of a person, which is my parents were cooperating under a bridge, Nate. Eh? <laughs> you heard about that? 
I said, my parents are cooperating <laughs> under a bridge. Now, if my mom yeah. watches this show, I might be, she's pretty, she's pretty uh, liberal and not too much of a chastiser, but you know, I might catch some hell for that one. But yeah, I, I think Tom you just it. Up the Sacramento and the uh, American river is where I was conceived. <laughs> I uh I I think that's way cooler than mine. I think mine was in the back of an Arby's. <laughs> oh I, I I got a big ego though, so I can't say stuff like that about myself. <laughs> Guys, I'm clicking the button to add my 200 bucks right now. So anyone, uh, I encourage you if the if the link's in the chat or I can drop it in there too. Um, but I I. Uh, it was really uncanny that you mentioned that because someone asked it, unless you saw it in the chat, someone had asked it right before you brought it up. So it kind of seems like it's, you know, I think Tracy might be like, come on, guys, don't meant to be. Well, yeah. if we run it up over the amount, we can just take that extra money and start a new GoFundMe so we can all make coins and have a true. I want more than, you know, I know that her grave is going to remain private and it needs to because we don't know. And there's lots of speculation that people were trying spiritual and psychic warfare against her and i think that's true i think there's enough evidence to show that people were we know those of us in the know that read about this stuff understand you know a lock of hair a tooth any a picture there's all kinds of things people try to right. do in the, in the in the invisible realms so i'd like to get the the coin started um, as soon as we can so that we all have something tangible as a reminder because it'll be so charged with our energy you know we all so many people have reached out to me and I, I felt bad for not having a show or anything until now, but it's taken this long to come to terms and, and to heal enough. And so I, I feel like this is the, the chance to, to, start, to start moving forward. Hopefully that this is something tonight, something like closure in the beginning of a new chapter in us, not honoring Tracy tonight, but honoring Tracy as, a, as whatever she brought to our lives. I'm not the same person anymore. I will never be the same man again. I can't go back to who I was before I met Tracy Twyman. I, We're I, all better for it. Yeah, we are. We are. I'm absolutely better for it. She was a humble, kind, loving person. She wasn't vindictive or cruel. She wasn't spiteful or aggressive in her language ever. She was a sweetheart of a, of a lady, but she was willing to go literally into right up the devil's ass to get the truth. And um, it, Oh, it, yeah. You know? she, always, she always led us into looking deeper. Remember how uh, you you said you you found a picture online one time of a a ceramic like tchotchke and it was like a like a little boy and he he was like bent over or something and, oh. and there was like a dog like a puppy. Do you want to see it? I can send it to Miguel if you want to see it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure, yeah. Well, go ahead. Keep telling the story, Jim. I'll yeah. find it. And then you. You were like kind of jokingly you you sent it to Tracy and you were like, "What's the occult meaning of this?" and and she had an occult. She she like traced it all back to uh, the Templars, and it kind of blew my mind because she, uh, she she took everything so seriously. As far as research goes, like all the way seriously, even joking, she was pretty serious. Well, I like that I someone mentioned Anima and Animas here, which uh, I think Tracy would have been in contact with the band around that time period. And I just would encourage people to look at Tool's actual vinyl, original copy of Anima. And yes. uh, if you see the artwork on that, you'll have a field day. Uh, I think that's, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tracy would have like at least jammed out and rocked to that album a couple of times too. You know, it just seems like a Tracy album, Anima, if anything. Well, I'd say it was impossible that she wasn't exposed to it. Whether or not she enjoyed it, I don't know. She was kind of more like a, 
she she was kind of more into the synth pop stuff from what she told me, but I don't know for sure. But I mean, there's no way she didn't know because that album, I remember before I was so deep into this type of reading and research, I remember holding it up and showing it to my friends and being like, you guys, this is magic. I don't know what it means, but you look at it and it's not. Was, yeah. was it Halloween when she, when she was first on our show, Sean? Uh, I think it was a couple days before, but yeah. Oh, yeah. And then she did a Halloween show and she played a whole bunch of music. And it was mostly synth pop, but it got uh, flagged by YouTube and taken down like pretty much immediately. But uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, she's definitely a 80s sort of uh, synth pop fan. Yeah, no, you guys would be surprised at the uh, the artwork on there, though. It's uh, it's got like the flower of life, and then it gets weirder and weirder into Enochian symbols, and uh, you know, it's also I noticed that inoculum from Fear Inoculum sounds like Fear Enochian almost. Just uh, wondering if there's anything there, but I wish Tracy were here to say <laughs> stuff. I know, yeah. I every really, day you know? I think that. I want to ask her, what do you think of this, Tracy? Like, yeah. Every day when I see see connections on things in their threads. I'll confess I do. I still ask. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, what? <laughs> I'm hoping that dreams will bring it to light, you know? Oh, I, something. I can, um, Maybe take a bath and, and think about it with your eyes closed so that you can resonate through water. She, she came to visit me in a dream after she passed away, and it was the most intense... I, I wouldn't call it, I mean, it was like a vision, visionary experience. It wasn't like a dream. Um, she came and apologized for being dead, and she was very sheepish and embarrassed. And um, she said that she actually had uh, just wanted to go to sleep and that she had taken some sleeping medications. And she was really sheepish, like, oh, and she apologized. And, and she was always that way, a lot more um, conservative and willing to walk on eggshells than she was confident, you know. I'd say even somewhat to a fault because she had... If she would have been more confident, she probably could have uh, made an even deeper impression on people because she was soft. But, um, you know, I could find she that. Was actual... sweet and caring. She was. She, she was... was a Virgo son. Virgo sons are, that's what they're there for. I've, I've got a text message from her on um, July 5th. Um, maybe, I'm not sure if it'll. Maybe it kind of shows her mental state at this point. It was a few days before she passed away. I think, was that on the 9th that she passed away? Um, so I had a, she, she text, text, text messaged me on the 29th and said, hey, what's up? You know, and I said, hey, how, how have you been? And then she didn't get back to me until the 5th of July. So like, you know, six days later, she said, Sad and confused. I hope you were all right. Hmm. And I was traveling at that point. So like, I didn't see the message and I didn't get back to her until after it was too late. But um, I, I really wish I would have seen it before that and uh, gotten back to her. Cause you just kind of like have to act. In this there was life. a lot of ups and downs there. I remember when she first went away for a while and like, literally scrubbed everything off and it was just oh, like yeah. you couldn't even get in touch with her it was it was you went totally uh -huh. dark and i just i got i don't know like i just feel like each the it was four scary. Of us, 
Yeah. Well, I say that each of the four of us is like lucky that we got to know her in any of the ways that we did. I mean, we're the f- four of us are here for the reason because like she's special and we're not special, but she is. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. She was so important. Something different. Yeah. She, there's something different about Tracy Twyman. And uh, that's I, honestly, you guys, I felt like called in the spirit to when all that happened, Nate. She pulled everything down. She'd already told us once that uh, she was under attack and she pulled everything down and started to come back and she interviewed me and um, she was trying to bring things back and she even she even used aggressive language in her titles like kind of not caring, you know, like I'm going to overcome my fear of being uh, on the internet and putting it all back. And so it started up again, the harassment and everything and even people yeah. coming and screaming at her on the streets and, and, and like there was a man who showed up at her house and uh, yeah. there, harassed her in front of her house. And uh, he was he was laying on on her lawn, on his stomach with his his Jeez. hands under his chin, with his with his feet up in the air, facing her front door. And she that day she said that she she was like in a rush. She took her her kid to school, and she got back and realized she hadn't locked her front door. And this guy is laying on her her lawn, facing her front door like this. Yeah. And Have you guys ever seen the American Ultra film with Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart? Because that reminds me of that Laffer character. Oh. No. Uh, American Ultra, is, it's, it's a weird uh, movie about a basically a stoner guy who can't leave his town, and he's actually an MK Ultra agent. And uh, the guy who actually plays that character I just mentioned is in yeah. another show called Deep State. And the character he plays, Nathan Miller. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, a bullet with butterfly wings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah that, becoming reality. Through, during oh. that whole time, um, as things were starting to develop again, I really felt compelled to reach out and make sure that uh, Tracy knew that there were people in the real world that weren't part of whatever this spoofing harassment was. Right. And that's really what you know that. And it was a, it was like answering the call because I didn't really want to do it, you know. Like I didn't want to be bombastic and over the top and insist that we're me and Jim throwing me and Jim on video and waving to the camera and insisting that we're real human beings, and uh, you know, because you don't know what someone's doing. But um, I definitely felt like it was all, it was all meant to be somehow, despite the outcome, you know. Some people really want to know if Tracy uh, thought that the virus or something, I guess like to expand the question, um, like if she thought something like this intense was coming. Oh, she was definitely like the ultimate doomer. Well, I'll be right, right back, guys. I'll let you cat. My cat's yeah, no, back. Go I'll ahead, Miguel. You're fine. Take it away, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'd uh, have to get the Ouija board out maybe to ask her. Do you think she'd uh, talk to us? <laughs> I know. I, I feel the same way. You know who you're talking to. You guys are crazy. <laughs> That's... This this house has spirits. Like people have passed away in fashion in this proximity, and <laughs> yeah, like. Are they hanging out still? I think they mess with the people who mess with us online. Uh, we're gonna send them. We've had some trolls in the thing. We've had to get Good rid of spirits. them. It's okay. Yeah, I like cool. that kind of theorizing. <laughs> There's a house uh, that I lived in when we were younger, my whole family, me and my brothers and my sister and my mom. Um, and uh, it's been vacant 
for more than a decade because it was so unbelievably haunted that we moved out. Like it was, it wasn't like a, a mean spirit, but it was a really active spirit. Like it would walk stomp up and down the stairs and open doors and like books would fly off and pictures would fly off of the wall. And uh, I saw that they like remodeled it and they put siding on it and there's been a for sale sign. And I'm just like, no one's going to buy that thing. You go in there and you could just feel it, man. Yeah. It's creepy. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, like, who knows, like, maybe there's something that, like, people get psyched out about it. Like, a buddy of a buddy of ours who's in the Invisibles reading group used to do ghost shows, and he would go into the places that people would not touch. And because of his attitude, he was able to just kind of, like, fix things, you know? So there's always that concept. Like, Tracy, she wasn't afraid to go into it. She went where men dare not tread. It's or true, angels huh? or archons dare not tread. But I think that um, she actually uh, might not have known that this was coming because, like, she probably would have said something about it, I think. Yeah, I don't remember her ever um, specifically talking about something quite like this, but she was definitely, I'd say that her perspective was even broader, that she wasn't looking for an event. She was looking for this world to become hell and a new world to be built on top of it without us realizing it. You know, that that's the Mithraic myth. That's what's uh, in the book Genuflect. That's what's in a whole bunch of these myths is the idea that, and we even see it in some of the conspiracy stuff like the mud flood and the new chronology stuff, the idea that there used to be Tartary, like a worldwide kingdom called Tartary, and somehow it was conquered and fell. And now the world as we know it is fabricated on top of it and it's disingenuous that the timelines are, you know, anywhere from 300 to 1300 years off and all of this information, um, I think she was anticipating something more like that, only probably more on a metaphysical level than just on a physical one. You know, that's the vibe I got from her anyway, was that it was like they were literally in the process of trying to, to, to seduce the son into giving up his position so they could replace him, someone, you know. Which is a brilliantly crazy theory. I mean, like the I called our episode "Collapsing the Pillars" basically because that was one of her big things. That we have the white sun now, and that everything's different. And like, I really feel like basically, she even if she's not even if she's not right, that level of thinking enriches us all. Even if it's scary in a way, it's like, what if she is? You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah, well, we don't know. It sure seems like something like that's happening. And, uh, you know, there's a Saint Corona and there's, like you said, the 19th card and all of this. Uh, there's all these predictive programming things. Yeah, so, Miguel had the thing with the coronavirus in Asterix or whatever, right? Like that charioteer guy. That yeah, just seems like it's yeah. yeah, in cartoons and in movies and in, in novels and in uh, prophetic books. Yeah. It's weird, man. I mean, my, my, this is too. my theory that when the sun comes oh, out, yeah. when the sun comes out, the whole thing's gonna go away for a time. That's my personal. I'll make that prediction now live on Aeon Bite. That when the, the sun itself comes out, it's gonna heal everyone, and everyone's gonna give up on their quarantine. They're gonna give up on being afraid. The 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 death uh, numbers are gonna have to slide, and everything's gonna become good. I'm not gonna say it's gonna become good forever, but I, that's my prediction. As the as we draw towards the summer that the real sun is going to literally bring cleanliness and uh, sterilization and, uh, you know. It's a new sun. The, the sun's pregnant with a new sun. We're going to have a new, a new era after this. I mean, 
soon as the sun comes out, it's going to be a new sun, I think. Does that mean that we're actually in the new world, like on top of the old one in that theory? If we choose, it's our choice. If we keep our eyes open, don't fall asleep at the wheel and take the opportunity. It's really simple. I mean, yeah. If you, uh, if you eat the lies up, then you're in the old sun world. I'd say. I, I guess like black hole like sun. That we're right. moving uh, into a position where a great number of people are going to be enslaved more than they've ever been enslaved, and a great number of people are also going to be set free. Yeah, we're going to be doing it to ourselves if we're not careful. Yeah, this way. Like a vault. <laughs> yeah, there's this guy named James Altucher who just came out with this software he's using to teach people how to like look for like options and like shorts on the market. Yeah, Inst- yeah. Rich, I saw, um, I went this summer to, um, gosh, Red Pill Expo, and it had G. Edward Griffin there, and he was talking with Richard Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad guy was there, and he's just like, this is how money works. You take this thing called debt, it doesn't have any real assets, you make more debt, and you, it's, he, he was basically describing numerological or numerical cancer, and that's what the yeah. new system is basically, it's not real. I mean, what's a Bitcoin but Super Mario? I mean, cartoon. I mean, Satoshi. It is magic. I mean, if you took away the debt, there's no money behind it. There's nothing. It's a joke. There's empty space. It's 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 sigilized paper, and so they want us to move off of sigilized paper into digital sigils that we can't see. You know, that's... uh, Yes. I mean, because that's what what Tracy taught us, starting with the money grows on the tree of knowledge. And the Baphomet book is not separated or disconnected from the money because it's the Templars. That's what they're the ones that drew all the wealth to themselves inventing a checking system. Well, you're talking also about the RFID potentiality that BG, Bill Gates, wants to build her. This guy, Bill Gates' reputation is just getting worse and worse, isn't it? Doesn't he look like his face or his reputation? I'm sorry. I really. Did anybody forget that he was with Epstein on his island? He's like, the whole world is going to. Oh, yeah. All it takes is a little fear into the population, and everybody's sins are forgiven, or the wrong people's sins are forgiven. But you know, uh, it's important to not hurt Everybody wants a savior. I just don't think, I think it's important not to make people cry. Like, I think that's, if we could all live by that principle, and I know that's like (laughs) such a direct thing, but that's like, I find myself with, you know, because I have a Leo moon, no ego, but I do find myself being harsher than I want to be, and mercy is good. And I think that if we could just remember to not make other people cry or to act in that way, that's a really fundamental touchstone to understand, maybe. Something I want to bring up, uh, during this uh, corona psyop or giant ritual, whatever you want to call it, I'm glad that I am, or grateful that I am in a stage of my life where I don't feel fear anymore. It doesn't drive me because I see it's just bullshit. There's nothing to fear. Uh, But it's the overwhelming that will sometimes get to me because no matter where you are, the society kids hit you. And it seems maybe that's also Tracy can go through it too. She was being, I mean, we're all being attacked by something, 5G spirits, the media, all of us, especially if we're sensitive already and we want to find the truth and dig in. What advice would you guys have to uh, shut down the overwhelm, the, the spigot, if you would? Well, no fear. Really, don't fear. Yeah, that's true. Don't be afraid. And it's, don't be afraid of anything. And if you are, if you are afraid, then the thing to do because it's easy to say don't fear. But if you have that feeling of fear, 
take action anyway in in what you know is you know find a healthy and good thing to do and do it anyway you know well just know that it's not going to kill you you know you being not working and being broke for however long it is they're going to keep us in our houses it's not going to kill you um well it's the the truth is even if it does kill you it's okay now that's the hardest thing but beth martin's who i know you're supposed to that you you hooked up with her and she really helped me to to face that. I I, uh, yeah. I, I joined into one of her groups after we interviewed her. And um, the Sorry. ultimate the ultimate thing controlling all of us is the the fear of not surviving death. You know, that's you, you you're we're all underpinned by the fear of death, and uh, that's perfect. You know, and um, the truth is we don't know, but the evidence shows that there's certainly um, something that exists beyond death. Yeah. You know, there's more overwhelming evidence of something beyond death and that we yeah. have some kind of influence towards it during our time in this body. So the time is now to do things. And if you can, uh, if you can just remember that you're breathing, as long as you can still breathe, that's what you really need in this world is air, oxygen, you know. And and then a little food, a little action. Yeah. <laughs> well, but there are point. things worse than death, though. I mean, I remember deep in my addiction and other situations, yeah. death was a step up. And I'm yeah, sure Tracy, my, if if what happened happened, she was at a point where death was suddenly much better than the reality. And that's what I was talking about. You get overwhelmed, your mind, your soul gets wrapped up by these archon tentacles. And you are fucked. You're like buried underneath the ocean in a little in a little coffin and you don't know what to do. And that's the hard part. I felt a little I felt it. And again, it wasn't fear as the overwhelm, as tentacles starting to go across my senses, my soul, whatever. I felt that two weeks ago. And I had to work hard just to snap out of it. So just draw that's upon the tools, the spirit, you know heaven in a wallflower infinity in a grain of sand i think just looking out and watching the geese and the the geese coming back and mating well i didn't watch them mating but you know what i mean they're they're setting up they're they're so i realize it's like a, that's reality existential waterboarding we, <laughs> yes we, that's we, it last night we watched uh, kung fu panda 2 oh, and of course i love uh, dustin hoffman's uh, part you know he's the little uh, I don't remember his name, but he's uh, he's always meditating and saying, inner peace, inner peace. You know, he's trying, and that just made me imagine you sitting there meditating. You're trying to get your inner peace, and the geese are going at it, man. They're going to make an egg, you know. So inner inner peace. Peace. <laughs> well, At least one of those geese was getting in the other geese. Um, I'll answer your bit about how you stay centered besides making lewd jokes on live TV shows or whatever. <laughs> um, I listen to a lot of Tool. I found a lot of meaning in the rearranged lateralis, which the first clue Danny Carey ever gave to lateralis was about the fibula. And that relates to the Google doodle today. Notice how it says leg and then you get angel and going off here. I listened to the Holy gift, which starts off with the song parable when you rearrange lateralis to the Holy gift. And that's about being in the body first. It also talks about using the trivium. If we use the trivium and the quadrivium, we are more able to get those tentacles off of us. And I also listen to Fear Inoculum fairly consistently, which if you realize like the language in that didn't make sense until recently with this whole like six feet under, I mean six feet apart uh, thing. 
<laughs> when we're all in our yeah little cells of six by eight because you got eaten but um the idea is that bless oh. this immunity why is he saying you don't want to breathe the light of the others Breathing is an electromagnetic discharge process where we take in ions and then exude them into our auric field to build our own shells. 5G is directly radiating against our auras. Being in the presence of others builds your faith, builds your love, builds your trust, builds God. And God is what the 5G perpetuating archon a-holes fear. I think, maybe. So we need that makes sense. And no, I mean, like, I'm a Mason and we can't even meet in our lodges right now. I mean, that mm. sucks. We need to yeah. be together, you know? So this is what I'm saying. You know, you need to congregate and be, I'm not telling anyone medical advice, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. This is not a dishwasher advertisement, but still the point is, is that you need to find a way to be together. Do not let them take your freedom. Your freedom is worth dying for. It's not just a movie. Yeah, don't give it up because a governor says he made an order, by the way. Sorry. Well, I, you know, I take this point to, to say, um, you know, well, first and foremost, Constitution. not not everyone <laughs> loves Tool, but music is a great release. So, you know, I've been um, I'm a heavy metal singer and I really kind of stepped away from screaming on a microphone for, for many, many years. But in the last uh, four or five weeks, I went and I, I built this thing in my phone a playlist on my Amazon called um, it's something like healthy, honorable screaming set list or something, you know, and I dumped a bunch of Soundgarden and a bunch of old Metallica, Sepultura, Alice in Chains, uh, Mars Volta, whatever in there. And so when I'm in my car and I'm feeling that overwhelm you were talking about, Miguel, if I remember, you know, that's the first thing to do is to get present, you know, find a way to get present, trick yourself into being present. Some people slap their wrist with a rubber band or whatever. You, you find a totem on the side of the road. Every time I see a crow now, I'm present because it makes me think of that little experience, you know. Once you're present, they'll say, okay, I'm feeling, acknowledge your feelings. Okay, I'm feeling, there's a feeling of overwhelm here. Push the button and scream along with Phil Ensemble from Pantera or something, or if uh, jazz or classical music is your thing, or whatever it is, you know, if you love Little Wayne, throw it on and rap along, you know, and that uh, that's definitely helped me my whole life, you know. I'm getting back more back into music than I have for many years. So don't be surprised if you see me coming out with more musical stuff again. I welcome that. I think that we should make a song, the four of us, uh, for Tracy. I'm down. Yeah, Miguel, Miguel's got to sing then. Oh, my I God. I think Miguel, no, <laughs> Miguel can sing. The rate will go up across the, the country. No, Miguel, you do the drums. <laughs> I'll be Ringo. Oh, jeez. Who's or Paul? Dane. Paul's dead. Yeah, is Paul is fall. <laughs> <laughs> Mars Volta is awesome, by the way. I'm glad you mentioned them. But I, I think Mars Volta is good up until uh, Deloust, and then they got Francis. I saw Mars Volta with Bad Acid Trip, but they were op- they were opening for System of a Down, which was amazing. So that was cool. And then the people who I went to the show with left me in the left me in Worcester that evening, and a friend from college happened to be at the show and drove me home. I. Uh, provides i have know. millions of stories just like that one <laughs> they got us win oh uh someone wants to know about uh did tracy play music uh, not as far as i know she was a big fan of music and her 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 music uh taste that she related to me was definitely pretty wide you know she was uh 
I think the old, um, you know, I think it's a safe, uh, like an in, in, what would you call it? A uh, 1996 techno. Well, she she knew about lots and lots of music because music was part of Dagobert's revenge, and I don't think she ever yeah. got away from studying the music because, as we know, all of the fringe and indie and most uh, to the edges musicians are all tangled up in this stuff that we're talking about and that we talk about every week and that we read about every night. You know, they're all in the same boat as as us. You know, yeah. The the so. I, as far as I know, she, she wasn't um, a musician, but that doesn't mean that she wasn't either. I know lots of people that not anyone knows that they can play the piano or that they might be a saxophone player. And then you find out one day and try and twist their arm to do it and they poo-poo you, you know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a guitarist retired, so don't ask me for any songs, you know. There's lots of those it people. Food. You got to just tell them poo-poo isn't food and they'll play for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, if, if you guys will allow me, I'm going to read this quick thing that I flipped to, which I think Tracy would appreciate about music and ritual. Please do. do it's it. from the book Emblems of Mind. And uh, the better half got this for me when we were in New York and I had a Nathan's famous hot dog. And the guy blasted music while he was making the hot dog. And so even that little ritual was awesome. And if you see the Lego thing online, by the way, they're trying to get you to choose between the hot dog guy and the Statue of Liberty. Holy crap. Did people want to <laughs> no, I have not seen see that. the symbolism there? Anyways, <laughs> so it says part of the social function of music, the most mysterious part is its role in ritual. This is also a function that reveals some of music's most important meanings. Music, like ritual, involves the transformation of a community of belief. <clears throat> the community of listeners who are willing to accept as its premises as if on faith and follow them into uncharted regions spiraling out. Music is performed by trained initiates for such a community. One of its purposes is to transform those who gather in silence to await revelations. Music like ritual discards our ordinary experience of time, sometimes suspending it altogether, always changing it. In music, like ritual is fundamentally written to be repeated, repeated in such a way that it becomes more powerful over time rather than less. What is unclear is just what sort of ritual music is. Feels like wow. Trace, like open the book to that page. I'm just it's it's so mithraic. Uh music creates a universe inside of our universe. Yeah. A Each pocket time we universe, listen. Like yeah, Dr. a pocket. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Beautifully said. All right. Well, we're almost at two hours, so we probably should end this journey that hopefully is just the beginning of some more journeys, more of the awakening that we all need and Tracy fought so hard for. Again, like everybody here, everybody here, my life was transformed. And like everybody here, I wish I could wish she was here to give more insights because uh, she sees into the invisible or what seems to be invisible right now. And um, as mentioned, everybody, this show will be on iTunes. The audio will be out soon. Uh, our next show, as we were talking, Beth Martins will be our guest next week in a few days. So uh, she will also be talking about uh, the theme will be defeating fear and how to find meaning in this uh in these times in the fog of war that we live here, that we live in, which the truth, it's always been around. It's how much they're going to 
open up the spigot here and there, the Archons or whoever it is. But uh, a really a great evening, and I'm honored to be part of this. So we will say goodnight. I will say goodnight to the audience. And uh, Sean, any last words before we sign off and we'll go around? Yeah, I want to I wanna thank everyone for tuning in, and thank you again for hosting us, Miguel. And um, just to remind people that you're certainly encouraged to uh, go ahead and donate to that GoFundMe so we can make sure that the process continues to honor Tracy with a headstone. And um, don't be afraid to go ahead and buy her books uh, off of Amazon and other things. Um, the good news is that, uh, you know, she does have uh, family surviving her. They're not interested to be in the limelight or even to be named, but they are... Um, still pursuing the details of her of her passing, and they're still pursuing uh, keeping the legacy intact. Um, hopefully, eventually publishing hard copy books again. But right now, you can get almost all of the books still. And um, there's a mysteriumbaphometus.com, I believe, is the official website, and I think it's three dollars a month to really get access. But there's a process starting there of really old archival footage and stuff being put up. So I would encourage people to support all that. Um, not just to now and tonight and this week, but you know, this is the ongoing process. We're all going to be doing this together. You know, I look forward to to being involved to whatever degree I'm able, and I encourage uh, you four and everyone else who gets to hear this to do the same. Don't be afraid to reach out. I'm all over the internet, so you can find me easily. Um, thank you. I I can't I can't tell you how relieved uh, and how good I feel right now, and I know that there's hundreds of people sharing that with me. And I say, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Jim? Yeah. Um, saying goodbye to Tracy is is a rough thing. I mean, she's a cornerstone for our little corner of the world. Um, I think we'll, we'll always have questions. We won't always have answers, but we'll, we'll always be looking for questions and trying to, like, suss out what maybe uh, Tracy's opinions are on things. And I hope that never stops. I hope that we always uh, echo her passion for research and uh, don't ever stop, you know, don't, don't stop looking. Even if when it gets scary, like she was always looking, she was always trying to uncover the truth and, you know, I, I think she was what she was doing was for the good of humanity, honestly. And it was it was it was way over one person's responsibilities, but she took all of that and uh, sort of gave up her life for uh, the truth. And there's nothing stronger than that. You know, there's no greater deed than to lay down your life for the life of your friends. Absolutely. Amen. Nate? Um, it's just a bunch of stuff's hitting me. I, I am a descendant of the American Revolution uh, in the Harrington House, and you can look that up. He is literally a man who died uh, and fell into his wife's arms. And I mentioned, I started this by mentioning that Tracy shares the same birthday as my mother. Um, and my mother went to the Catholic school, uh, Regis College, and... Um, there's a, uh, I flipped open to a page uh, that I would share 
um, and I, I'm glad it's video, and um, I will make this, you know, we can figure out how to get, first of all, it looks like a, make a joke, it says it looks like it says pre-cum. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, um, Pre-cum. It says pre-nut butter, as they call it. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to go there, but um, speaking, of the, speaking of the universal agent, um, she, yeah, I mean now it's come full circle, but um, yeah, I'm gonna, oh, no. I'm gonna say that this the appropriate way to end this, Miguel. It is so appropriate. Is it come? Is it go? I'll finish by saying that Hermes was also honored by the shepherds of Arcadia, whose mission it was to watch over their flocks and huts. These things always seem to come full circle, don't they? Here, here. And it's Mercury Hour on Mercury Day here, so I think that's the best way. Tracy's obviously giving a wink-wink, nudge-nudge. It's all going to be okay as long as you are a badass like Tracy. And communicate. Amen. Make a, Amen. Make a meme for Tracy Twyman, folks. Make a meme for Tracy Twyman. Yes, please do. And, uh, yes, is she will live if we don't forget. Same with our ancestors. Same with our loved ones. Death is just illusion. And uh, these days, well, you have two choices, freedom or fear. So let's choose the right one and make a better world right go. about now. So thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you, uh, wonderful people down at the audience in the chat room. Vance, for moderating the chat room. You were the moondog as always. It did a great job. And this has been AB Live, a special AB Live, honoring Tracy Twyman today, now and forever. And uh, as I always say, thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye as always. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.